Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. How long do you think you'll be at the top, I wonder? Um, at the top isn't so important. You got what you want, did you want it? Well. Never said we was the best, we just look like it. The presence deceives you, man, the game don't need y'all niggas. I'm 22 trying to change the world, tell me nigga what you do today. The rap game a mess, I'm trying to clean what's left. I bet charm and chest, the pressure on me. But a life I refuse to lose, nigga pay his dues. Every day I'm dreaming about this music, nigga. It's the love I felt, you know my car's been dealt A young nigga, I'm just playing my hand If you were smart, you would throw a couple bands Cause the man headed to the promised land, no lie Everything fly, crazy how a young boy used to be shy Knew I had skills, just didn't know why How you stay grounded when your goal's in the sky Tell me how you live when the laws don't apply Man, they want me nine to five in a shirt and tie Work my ass off just to get old and die I'm looking at y'all like, why? This the type of feeling niggas get from the pipe Except I give it to you from a mic Respect y'all shine, but I'm a different kind of bright These labels losing money, tell them I show them the light I've been addicted to the culture You an act, nigga, I'm real rap Sing, get on any beat and go, I rap I'm a fucking star, that's a fact But I don't need rap music just to tell me that As long as my mama said, maybe Obama said Till then, I'ma kill all of the contemplating and live life Tomorrow's money starts tonight, my nigga, get it right Do you miss your anonymity? Do you miss being able to go out and, and not be recognized and go places? Uh, so that, uh, as it used to be before you became famous So no one would pay any attention to you except I'll tell you Bonsoir and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs. It is Sunday, the 21st day of May in the year 2017, and you are now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your hostess, Sandra London of livinggrind.com, broadcasting for you live from the sunny beaches of Southern California in connection with Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes Digital Podcast, New Groove and Rhythms. Uh, AKA and AKA Naked Girls Radio. Uh, yeah, the song you just heard at the top of the hour is called Marilyn Monroe Music and it's by the artist Jordan Sinclair. Uh, I will be right back with you. The call in number is 858 815 2333. Once again, 858 815 2333. Here is. Um, 
Let's face by convulsing.
Uh, you just heard Love Space by Convulsic and Shanghai by Kathleen Martin. And for this evening's show, I entitled it uh, Happy FIF or FIF Day. Um, I didn't put FIFA, which would actually be what the reason was for, because in 1904, um, FIFA made its debut. European football, soccer, football, la 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 la. That was why the title for today. Um, and let's see. I will give you another song. Oi, my sleep schedule is getting a lot better. Um, it had gotten temporarily worse, and then now it's like a lot better. But I don't know why I woke up at like 4 a.m. today. Like, wait, no. No, nine, sorry, nine a.m. today. Like all cheaper and like, let's get the day started. Woo! Why? On a Sunday? Who does that? Normally not me. <laughs> Anyways, checking out this next. Which one do I want to do? Let's do. Uh, let's do Shigari by Donna Nina. <laughs> And I'll be 
uh, as it was billed Ringling Bros and Barnum and Bailey Circus, today was their last day after only 146 years <laughs> of being awesome. They were initially called some sort of traveling museum. Kind of neat. Anyways, their website's ringling.org if you want, or .com, sorry. Ringling.com, R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G.com if you want to look at their website. I was reading a little bit about the history of, of their entire conglomerate and mergings and acquisitions and baby elephants and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Shortly before the show, it's pretty interesting. I just looked at that over at Wikipedia, which is awesome. Alrighty, I'm going to play Come, come, come. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do. Hey, what you got? No fair. Okay, hold on. Sorry, y'all. Um, the call in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. I will play uh, chapter three of The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson. Uh, read aloud and performed by yours truly, Sandra London of livinggrind.com. There's 10 chapters in that novella. I am still on that 10th one. Um, I have to put it aside for a little bit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like I had to upgrade my phone because my old phone started going nuts and just like making weird, constant <clears throat> noises for like no reason and getting like ridiculously hot. So who knows? But I had a lot of my recordings on there, and I was able to extract them um, with my handy-dandy uh, Ruby Red, like, mega, mega, just whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> flash drive thingy. And so I have all those. I, I had, you know, gotten into maybe the first little bit of the tenth and final chapter, and then, yeah. <laughs> then my laptop started getting all weird and hot and weird and hot <laughs> and so I started using my desktop more so yeah so after a while I was like let me just do something else really fast because it's just weird and obnoxious whatever who knows anyways but I hope you enjoy this you may have heard it before if you have heard prior episodes of Playtime with Sandra Radio uh, here on Blog Talk Radio but here you are Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Chapter 3. Dr. Jekyll was quite at ease. Recorded by Sandra London, written by Robert Louis Stevenson. A fortnight later, by excellent good fortune, the doctor gave one of his present dinners to some five or six old cronies, all intelligent, reputable men, and all judges of good wine and Mr. Utterson so contrived that he remained behind after the others had departed. This was no new arrangement, but a thing that had befallen many scores of times. Where Utterson was liked, he was liked well. Hosts loved to detain the tri-lawyer when the light-hearted and loose-tongued had already their foot on the threshold. They liked to sit a while in his unobtrusive company, practicing for solitude, sobering their minds, and the man's rich silence after the expense and strain of gaiety. To this rule, Dr. Jekyll was no exception, and 
as he now sat on the opposite side of the fire, a large, well-made, smooth-faced man of 50, with something of a stylish cast, perhaps, but every mark of capacity and kindness. You could see by his looks that he cherished for Mr. Utterson a sincere and warm affection. I've been wanting to speak to you, Deku, began the latter. You know that will of yours? A close observer might have gathered that the topic was distasteful, but the doctor carried it off gaily. My poor Utterson, said he, you are unfortunate in such a client. I never saw a man so distressed as you were by my will, unless it were that hidebound pedant Lanyon at what he called my scientific heresies. Oh, I know he's a good fellow. You needn't frown. An excellent fellow, and I always mean to see more of him. But a hidebound pedant for all that, an ignorant, blatant pedant, I was never more disappointed in any man than Lanyon. You know, I never approved of it, pursued Utterson, ruthlessly disregarding the fresh topic. My will? Yes, certainly, I know that, said the doctor, a trifle sharply. You've told me so. Well, I tell you so again, continued the lawyer. I've been learning something of young Hyde. The large, handsome face of Dr. Jekyll grew pale to the very lips, and there came a blackness about his eyes. I do not care to hear any more, said he. This is a matter I thought we'd agreed to drop. What I heard was abominable, said Utterson. You can make no change. You do not understand my position, returned the doctor, with a certain incoherency of manner. I am painfully situated, Utterson. My position is a very strange, a very strange one. It's it is one of those affairs that cannot be mended by talking. Jekyll, said Utterson, you know me. I'm a man to be trusted. Make a clean breast of this in confidence, and I'm making no doubt I can get you out of it. My good Utterson, said the doctor, this is very good of you. This is downright good of you, and I cannot find words to take you in. I believe you. Fully, I would trust you before any man alive, I, before myself, if I could make the choice. But indeed, it isn't what you fancy. It is not as bad as that. And just to put your good heart at rest, I will tell you one thing. The moment I choose, I can be rid of Mr. Hyde. I give you my hand upon that, and I thank you again and again. And I will just add one little word. Utterson, that I'm sure you'll take in good part. This is a private matter, and I beg of you to let it sleep. Utterson reflected a little, looking in the fire. I've no doubt you're perfectly right, he said at last, getting to his feet. Well, Lord, since we've touched upon this business, and for the last time, I hope, continued the doctor, there's one point I should like you to understand. I have a really a very great interest in Paul Hyde. I know you've seen him. He told me so. And I fear he was rude, but I do sincerely take a great, a very great interest in that young man. 
And if I am taken away, Utterson, I wish you to promise me that you would bear with him and get his rights for him. I think you would, if you knew all, and it would be a weight off my mind if you would promise. I can't pretend that I should ever like him, said the lawyer. I don't ask that, pleaded Jekyll, laying his hand upon the other's arm. I only ask for justice. I only ask you to help him for my sake when I'm no longer here. Ederson heaved an irrepressible sigh. Well, said he, I promise.
take no slack She drive an old Ford pickup with a pit bull in the back She got crankcase all on her tight blue jeans And her alligator boots smell just like gasoline Maybe I'm crazy, dump them, run off the track But good lordy, girl looks sexy in that cowboy Cadillac A cowboy Cadillac is long and lean At the close and you'll find you a farmer's limousine And if you get drunk, you can sleep in the back Of that long bed, flat, black, recorder ton cowboy Cadillac Now she was sitting at a stop sign on a hot June day when a bright red Ferrari pulls up and wanna play But she don't pay mind to that rich boy's thing Cause she just loves the way her slant sticks thing Maybe I'm crazy, dump them, run off the track But good lord, that girl looks sexy in that cowboy Cadillac Cowboy Cadillac and long and lean It's a close you'll find you a farmer's limousine And if you get drunk, you can sleep in the back of that long bed A 59 Chevy hurts a 61 Ford And that's the kind of thing that could get a man ignored But she said, don't worry, babe, I know it's just a phase And when it comes to pickup trucks, I swing both ways Maybe I'm crazy, dump them, run off the track But good lord, that girl looks sexy in that cowboy Cadillac Cowboy Cadillac is long and lean It's the closest thing you'll find to a farmer's limousine and if you get drunk, you can sleep in the back of that long bed, flat, black, recorder ton cowboy Cadillac. Well, it's a long bed, flat, black, recorder ton cowboy Cadillac. Well, it's a long bed, flat, black, recorder ton cowboy Cadillac. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your host, Sandra London of LivingGrind.com. You just heard Chapter 3 of Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, performed, uh, audio performed by yours truly, Sandra London of LivingGrind.com. And then you heard Cherry Moonshine by Tara Lane and Cowboy Cadillac by William Roldan. Okay, I got one more chapter for you this evening with some more tunes um, and stuff. Yeah, so let's do chapter four. And the call-in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. Here is chapter four of Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson. Audio performed by yours truly, Sandra London of LivingGrind.com. Chapter 4, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Recorded by Sandra London. 
written by Robert Louis Stevenson. The Carew Murder Case. Nearly a year later, in the month of October 18-something or other, London, London was startled by a crime of singular ferocity and rendered all the more notable by the high position of the victim. The details were few and startling. A maidservant living alone in a house not far from the river had gone upstairs to bed about 11. Although a fog rolled over the city in the small hours, the early part of the night was cloudless, and the lane, which the maid's window overlooked, was brilliantly lit by the full moon. It seems she was romantically given, for she sat down upon her box, which stood immediately under the window, and fell into a dream of musing. Never, she used to say, with streaming tears when she narrated that experience, never had she felt more at peace with all men or thought more kindly of the world. And as she so sat, she became aware of an aged, beautiful gentleman with white hair drawing an ear around, along the lane. And advancing to meet him, another and very small gentleman to whom at first she paid less attention. When they had come within speech, which was just under the maid's eyes, the older man bowed and accosted the other with a very pretty manner of politeness. It did not seem as if the subject of his address were of great importance. Indeed, from his pointing, it sometimes appeared as if he were only inquiring his way. But the moon shone on his face as he spoke, and the girl was pleased to watch it. It seemed to breathe such an innocent and old-world kindness of disposition. Yet with something high, too, as of a well-founded self-content. Presently, her eye wandered to the other, and she was surprised to recognize in him a certain Mr. Hyde, who had once visited her master, and for whom she had conceived a dislike. He had in his hand a heavy cane, with which he was trifling, but he never he answered never a word, and seemed to listen with an ill-contained impatience. And then, all of a sudden, he broke out in a great flame of anger, stamping with his foot, brandishing the cane, and carrying on, as the maid described it, like a madman. The old gentleman took a step back with the air of one very much surprised and a trifle hurt, and at that Mr. Hyde broke out of all bounds and clubbed him to the earth. And next moment, with ape-like fury, he was trampling his victim underfoot and hailing down a storm of blows under which the bones were audibly shattered and the body jumped upon the roadway. At the horror of these sights and sounds, the maid fainted. It was two o'clock when she came to herself and called for the police. The murderer was gone long ago, but there lay his victim in the middle of the lane, incredibly mangled. The stick with which the deed had been done, although it was of some rare and very tough and heavy wood, had broken in the middle under the stress of this insensate cruelty, and one splintered half had rolled in the neighboring gutter. The other, without doubt, had been carried away by the murderer. A purse and gold watch were found upon the victim, but no cards or papers, except a sealed and stamped envelope, which he had been probably carrying to the post and which bore the name and address 
of Mr. Edgerton. This was brought to the lawyer the next morning before he was out of bed, and he had no sooner seen it and been told the circumstances than he shot out a solemn lip. I shall say nothing till I have seen the body, said he. This may be very serious. Have the kindness to wait while I dress. And with the same grave countenance, he hurried through his breakfast and drove to the police station whether the body, whether the body had been carried. As soon as he came into the cell, he nodded. Yes, said he. I recognize him. I'm very sorry to say that this is Sir Danvers Carew. Good God, sir, exclaimed the officer. Is it possible? And the next moment, his eye lighted up with professional ambition. This will make a deal of noise, he said. And perhaps you can help us to the man? And he briefly narrated what the maid had seen and showed the broken stick. Mr. Ederson had already already quailed at the name of Hyde, but when the stick was laid before him, he could doubt no longer. Broken and battered as it was, he recognized it for one that he had himself presented many years before to Henry Jekyll. Is this Mr. Hyde, a person of small stature? He inquired. Particularly small and particularly wicked looking is what the maid calls him, said the officer. Mr. Ederson reflected and then raised his, raising his head. If you come with me in my cab, he said, I think I can take you to his house. It was by this time, about nine in the morning, and the first fog of the season, a great chocolate-colored pall lowered over heaven, but the wind was continually charging and routing these embattled vapors, so that as the cab crawled from street to street, Mr. Utterson beheld a marvelous number of degrees and hues of twilight. For here, it would be dark like the back end of evening, and there would be a glow of a rich, lurid brown, like the light of some strange conflagration. And here, for a moment, the fog would be quite broken up, and a haggard shaft of daylight would glance in between the swirling wreaths. The dismal quarter of Soho, seen under these changing glimpses, with its muddy ways and slatternly passengers and its lamps, which had never been extinguished or had been kindled afresh to combat this mournful reinvasion of darkness, seemed, in the lawyer's eyes, like a district of some city in a nightmare. The thoughts of his mind, besides, were of the gloomiest dye, and when he glanced at the companion of his drive, he was conscious of some touch of that terror of the law and the law's officers which may at times assail the most honest. As the cab drew upon, up before the address indicated, the fog lifted a little and showed him a dingy street, a gin palace, a low French eating house, a shop for the retail of penny numbers and two penny salads, many ragged children huddled in the doorways, and many women of many different nationalities passing out, key in hand, to have a morning glass and the next moment the fog settled down again upon that part as brown as umber and cut him off from his blackguardly surroundings. This was the home of Henry Jekyll's favorite, 
as a man who is heir to a quarter of a million sterling. An ivory-faced and silvery-haired old woman opened the door. She had an evil face, smoothed by hypocrisy, but her manners were excellent. Yes, she said. This was Mr. Hyde's, but he was not at home. He had been in that night very late. He had gone away again in less than an hour. There was nothing strange in that. His habits were very irregular, and he was often absent. For instance, it was nearly two months since she had seen him till yesterday. Very well, then. We wish to see his rooms, said the lawyer. And when the woman began to declare it was impossible, I'd better tell you who this person is, he added. This is Inspector Newcomen of Scotland Yard. A flash of odious joy appeared upon the woman's face. Ah, said she, he's in trouble. What has he done? Mr. Ederson and the inspector ex exchanged glances. He don't seem a very popular character, observed the latter. And now, my good woman, just let me and this gentleman have a look about us. In the whole extent of the house, which but for the old woman remained in otherwise empty, Mr. Hyde had only used a couple of rooms, but these were furnished with luxury and good taste. A closet was filled with wine, the plate was of silver, the napery elegant, a good picture hung upon the walls, a gift, as Utterson supposed, from Henry Jekyll, who is much of a connoisseur, and the carpets were of many plies and agreeable in color. At this moment, however, the rooms bore every mark of having been recently and hurriedly ransacked. Clothes lay about the floor with their pockets inside out. Lockfast drawers stood open, and on the hearth there lay a pile of gray ashes, as though many papers had been burned. From these embers, the inspector disinterred the butt of a green checkbook, which had resisted the action of the fire. The other half of the stick was found behind the door. And as this clinched his suspicions, the officer declared himself delighted. A visit to the bank, where several thousand pounds were found to be lying to the murderer's credit, completed his gratification. You may depend upon it, sir, he told Mr. Ederson. I have him in my hand. He must have left, he must have lost his head, or he never would have left a stick or above all, burn the checkbook. Why, money's life to the man. We have nothing to do but wait for him at the bank and get out the handbills. This last, however, was not so easy of accomplishment, for Mr. Hyde had numbered few familiars. Even the master of the servant maid had only seen him twice. His family could nowhere be traced. He had never been photographed, and the few who, would, who could describe him differed widely as common observers will. Only on one point were they agreed, and that was the haunting sense of unexpressed deformity with which the fugitive impressed his beholders.
Glaciar, glacier, gobernar, gobierno, governor, government, gravedad, gravity, huracán, hurricane, Iraq, Iraq, jamón, ham, jeroglífico, hieroglyphics, honorón, Honron, home run. Languaje, language. Mensaje, message. Millón, million. Siniestro, sinister. Tamal, tamale. Vasco, basque. Vainilla, vanilla. Xenophobia, xenophobia, Shila, Guatemala. Row, row, row 
your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 merrily,
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.